The E3 of JRPG has come and gone, but the news keeps right rolling in. We're up next with episode 65 of the JRPG Report. Oh my goodness, just when you thought we'd have a slow week after the avalanche of information we got at E3 2019, it was all indications towards a slow news week, but uh, that week is not this week. Maybe next week, I don't know, but we've got quite a few things to talk about this uh, time on episode 65 of the JRPG Report. My name is James Fisher. Uh, we've got stories of Tales of Arise, more Kingdom, or yeah, actually some Kingdom Hearts 3 uh, DLC news. We've got Final Fantasy VII Remake. We've got some Persona 5 Royal. Uh, just a, more than a few things to talk about. So let's get right into it. And um, we definitely thought we would find out some more information at the Tales of Festival 2019 about. Tales of Arise. If you know, if you'd have told me beforehand, where where are you going to learn about a new Tales game at? Is it going to be at uh, the Tales of Festival, or is it going to be at the Microsoft E three news conference? I would have bet you more than a fair share it was at the Tales of Festival, and I would be a very poor man today. However, so we did learn uh, quite a bit actually about this. Very exciting title, and first and foremost, we learn the new characters' names. Uh, the gentleman in the trailer from uh, the planet uh, Donna, his name is Alfin, not to be control, confused with Alvin from uh, Exilia, but he is the young man who wears the iron mask, and he's lost both pain and memory. So go ahead and check off the uh, amnesia JRPG <laughs> cliche for uh, for this fellow. Uh, he is sparked by his encounter with the other young lady in the trailer. He takes the Sword of Flame, uh, literally ripping it out of her chest, um, in his hand and throws himself into battle for the freedom of Rena. Um, if you recall that these two are from opposite planets. Um, he is from Donna and she from Arena. Um, and her name, we're going to say it's, I'm going to say it's Shion. So S-H-I-O-N-N-E. So I don't think it's Shion because they add that extra N-E at the end. So we've still not got an English um, pronunciation for this one. So we'll just go with uh, Shion for for right now. Um, of course, she is from the planet Rena, and she is cursed by thorns. And this causes intense pain to anyone she touches. She will join forces with Alfin for hidden purposes and battles in rebellion against her own people of Rena. So uh, they they in another thing they mentioned that uh, Alfin cannot feel pain so it makes sense these two would uh make a, an unlikely duo but each one of their curses so to speak uh work well you know in use and with each other we've got some new artwork for each character a couple new screenshots uh in particular the one screenshot shows off uh 
she almost using her uh, using her gun to great effect against an enemy and they show a town in this other screenshot and it is uh, the only word I could first come to mind is very untails like, which is the entire premise of the game. So they are executing it wildly. Um, I don't know quite how to describe it. Uh, so far, the early comparisons just initially in my mind first was it was kind of like uh, like a primitive. This this thing would look like a primitive Final Fantasy twelve type town. It's got a little bit of a tin feel as well, but also kind of has a graphical look in my mind of, of Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. Um, but a, it's a very unique looking town to say the least, and it's it's impressive to look at. This this whole game has been impressive uh, from from Jump Street. So more on that. So that is what just broke. We've gotten names for our characters. And then there was the first interview with Tales of Arise producer, Yusuke Tamazawa. This was following the game's announcement. So here are some of the notable tidbits from that interview. Uh, this Tales of Arise project started long before Vesperia came out, uh, the, the Definitive Edition, not the original. And this was... Uh, which was announced one year ago. So they've been working on this thing for a while now. They've been keeping it under lock and key. You knew they were working on a new Tales of game. They just weren't ready um, ready to do that. So it, the whole uh, behind the name Tales of Arise, that was actually the code name uh, for the project. And as they got further and further into development... Um, they really want to rethink what the Tales of series is and what it should be. And so the code name kind of became their calling card. And the further along they got, the further they realized, well, this game just needs to be called Tales of Arise. Um, for long-time Tales fans, it does buck the trend of, you know, you could always do... Uh, T-O, and then the name of the game. So, Tales of Vesperia would be T-O-V. Well, it does buck the trend because there is already a T-O-A, Tales of the Abyss. So, but they said, you know, they're reinventing the franchise. So, um, and I believe the exact quote was something to the effect of, uh, if we end up making 26 Tales games, we're not going to have 26 different uh, (laughs) letters. Um, to, to eventually we're going to have to use, you know, a letter twice. So that is just what has happened. Um, their goal was succession and evolution while also confronting the traditions of the series. They said they analyzed the main appeals of the Tales of series. There were many parts that needed to evolve for the future. In order to maintain and expand the brand from here on out, they also need to attract young players and and I think that is what um Namco <laughs> has been stressing maybe more from the from the beginning of this project that you've got to bring in new blood and the only way to do that is to reinvent this series so to speak um he said that being said there are, we are challenging ourselves to present something that dares to step back from the traditional conventions of the series in order to attract more players. He 
He even said there will probably be some fans who only watch the trailer and feel a sense of uneasiness. And we had discussions regarding fundamental appeal to tales of series and what points to carry over. And they have made their decisions from those uh, from those discussions. Um, in order to use the Unreal Engine 4 that they have really, um, they kind of re- had to kind of get away from the linear battle system of the previous titles that I don't, I guess it just couldn't really incorporate it. That's really all there is on to do it that, um, in order to realize rich lighting and atmosphere accompanying with unique watercolor like graphics and approachable character models, they based it on unreal engine four while developing their own completely original shaders and the like. The theme is to hopefully offer a highly immersive experience. Um, they did they they want to make players feel as if this character lives in this world um and with the history between the two planets in this in this game i think that they're really going to try to go for that um they have confirmed that this is not an open world game it is still going to have the kind of traditional tales of um exploration going on but that it's not open world it's not a western RPG. Um, it does appear that battles are just going to take place as you see them. They're going to flow right into it. There's not going to be a separate battle screen. Um, there's a lot to like about this, but just keep in mind that they are they're definitely definitely changing this. Um, that development is being handled entirely by Bandai Namco Studios. Uh, they've got staff that have worked uh, from Basiria all the way back to Fantasia. So they definitely got a rich and varied um, cast of characters working on this one. Um, so hopefully they'll be able to keep those um, keep those traditions alive. I think we're still going to have the skits. They, they definitely mentioned those. We definitely have also confirmed that there will be multiple... Uh, there will be a large party... Um, from the trailer, it would imply that there's just the two characters. And my first fear basically was another, <laughs> uh, Zestiria situation, but, uh, it, there is a party. They say comparable to previous tales of titles that is just what we saw in the game was obviously very early and I'm not unlike in, in some of the tales where you start off with a small party and it, and gradually builds. They're just not ready to show off. And announce anybody else just yet. Um, the music composer is still a secret. It will be introduced at a later time. They will have a theme song as they have um, for many, many moons now. Just a little bit of backstory um, on the planet which the protagonist lives is Donna. The planet that floats in the sky above it is Rena. Donna is a naturally rich planet, but is equivalent to cult to the Middle Ages. Um, from a cultural standpoint, Rena, on the other hand, is developed in science and magical arts and invaded Donna 300 years before the events of this game. With its overwhelming difference in power, Rena defeated and enslaved the people of Donna. This has continued for 300 years, and that's where the story begins. The protagonist is from Donna. How to overturn his people's state of oppression is one direction that his that the story takes. Uh, the armor and helmet are equipped due to his physical features. It should be noted that he has more than just one armor outfit. 
and will change to various costumes according to the situation. The heroine is from Reina, and she's a, quote, confident and attractive woman. Uh, with the power relationship between Donna and Reina, she is, and the protagonists are not very good friends from the start. Uh, the relationship begins in a setting where the people of Reina discriminate against the people of Donna and eventually leads to great drama. Uh, they say battles are Tales-esque action battles against enemies and encounters. The theme here is to give new users the feeling of an exhilarating battle. We're going to have battles with more intuitive and speeder action that makes you think this just seems fun. Just by looking at it, he says. In, uh, in battle, you can unleash various actions according to the situation. There are also elements that raise skill level through long-time use. Um, they are upping the intimidation of enemy designs. So you, while there's, there may be some cutesy-type characters from time to time, there's definitely going to be also some intimidating ones. Uh, they look to want to make the f- player feel challenged. Um, that uh, they say, okay, so for all the changes, then he makes a, a note of saying the Tales of series has many traditional elements, and the same can be said for action battles. But there are also dialogue scenes called skit and chat. Regarding those, we're making each element while constantly having detailed discussions such as why is that popular and what kind of evolution do players want to see. Um, They can't make any promises, but I'd like to offer more opportunities to go hands-on with the game before release than we have before. Um, So they're saying this is coming out in 2020. The game may be further along than we think it is you know we're we're treating this as a an unveil and a lot of times you know especially with our friends at square enix we get this unveil and then good lord it's three four or five years later when the game actually comes out so this is saying 2020 i think this could actually launch in japan um maybe in the spring and which would put it here in the fall. Um, they may even be trying to do a simultaneous release. So um, I'm sure Namco would love to get this out before the end of their fiscal year. We will just have to wait and see. Um, I don't know if we'll, we may get a more firm release date at Tokyo Game Show, but... It's just kind of hard to uh, hard to tell. This is a game that I, I think a lot of people are very excited for the changes. Um, it seems odd to me that you bring out tells of uh, Vesperia showing off what many Tales fans think to be the best in the Tales series and then right thereafter completely changing it. I want to see so much more from this game, and from what I've seen, it certainly impresses me. I just I don't want to lose what Milk's Tales games special, and since it is such a series near and dear to my heart, that's what worries me, I guess, the most. But it also can be very exciting if all these changes come together and it's fantastic. Then I'm going to be the first one for it. If all these changes come together. And it turns out like Final Fantasy 15, then there'll be mass disappointment. So we're just going to have to wait and see. I think here's an interesting thing that you're going to see happen. And um, 
we had also news from the Tales of Festival about there was a new trailer for the Tales of Crestoria. That is the Tales RPG coming out for smartphones. And it doesn't, it kind of just shows a bunch of like special moves. It doesn't show how the battle system is going to work, which is my first question is how are they going to make that battle system work on a, on a, you know, mobile device. We'll have to wait and see that later, but it has the look of the classic Tales games. So maybe this is where it branches out, right? That as far as next, you know, current generation going into next generation, that's where you get more games like Tales of Arise. And then perhaps we get quote unquote classic games for either mobile or um, switch or, you know, handheld devices. I can definitely see that happening. If there's, uh, you know, if there's demand for it, uh, that is going to happen. We will just have to wait and see. Now, one final tales of, and I promise we'll move on to the next uh, theory, that there will be, on November 24th, there will be the Tales of Graces anniversary party. So, back in December of 2009, Tales of Graces first launched for the Wii in Japan. The uh, enhanced port, Tales of Graces F, later launched a year later on PS3. And you're like, 10 years anniversary party. What? But that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, that's because in North America, we didn't get it until March of 2012. Now, Tales of Graces is one of my... Um, it's it's in my top five. I really enjoyed this title quite a bit. Um, I'll go ahead and call it right now. At this 10th anniversary party, we will either get word of, or maybe they're already in development of it, we're going to get a HD remaster of this game. Um, what? Why did we get... One of the reasons why we got Tales of Vesperia was its 10th anniversary. So, I think this is next. Um, it would not surprise me whatsoever that if you choose to attend this... <laughs> Tells the Grace's anniversary, 10th anniversary party, you will be gifted with the knowledge of here comes the HD remaster, which I would be very excited about. Okay, on to more stories, not tales of, but first let's just take a quick breather and have a quick word from our sponsor. We got a few more tidbits of information about Persona 5 Royal via the Morgana's Report number 2. Atlas released this video uh, just the other day and we learned that uh, Kasumi's Arcana will be called Faith. She'll be represented by the tarot card Lafoy. There is a gallery to feature to re-watch movies and cutscenes. They'll be announcing more information about that very soon. There are new elements in the game surrounding Agechi Goro. Um, Morgana shared a screenshot of Haru in her everyday clothes. There are now new strong enemies called uh, Koyuma. I believe that's how you say it. They will appear in the palaces and they are extremely strong. However, should you defeat them, you might get rare items. There are now items called Ishi scattered throughout palaces. You collect them all, they will turn into an accessory that will let you use a powerful skill. Wire actions have been added to the palace. With the wire, you can jump from one distant ledge to another, 
or even to use them to latch onto faraway enemies and zoom in and start the battle with the an upper hand. Uh, new elements have been added to battle, and the range of customization for the guns carried by Phantom Thieves has increased. You can increase the accuracy rate of your favorite gun and even attach effects that inflict the enemy with status ailments. Also, those bullets will replenish after each battle. There would be a Morgana's report number three to be released later in July. So some cool new tidbits of information. I believe the trickle of information leading up to the Halloween release of this one in Japan in 2020 in the West. We'll probably get something, uh, maybe not every month, but there'll be more and more information as we get closer and closer to Persona 5 Royal coming out. Uh, speaking of Persona 5, Catherine Fullbody will have downloadable content called Persona 5 Character Joker and Phantom of Thieves Commentary Set, and this will be available in the West, Alice announced. Add-on includes Joker from Persona 5 as a playable character in the Babel and Coliseum modes, as well as special commentary from the Phantom Thieves using full voiceovers from their Persona 5 main English voice cast. The uh, set will be included with the Catherine Fullbody Digital Deluxe Edition, as well as being available for standalone purchase after the game's release. So some cool crossover um, content available for you, Catherine, and Persona 5 lovers. There will be a beta for Monster Hunter World Iceborne. It will be exclusively for PlayStation Plus users starting June the 21st at uh, 3 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 6 a.m. Eastern. And will run through the same time on June 24th, Capcom has announced. A second beta will be available for all PS4 users starting June the 28th at the same times and run through July the 1st. Preload options will be available a couple days in advance for each beta. Monster Hunter World base game is not required to participate, so check out their website for more information and see if you can jump in on that if you're interested in the Monster Hunter World Iceborne beta. Uh, there was some new information revealed about Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind. This was uh, in a interview in Famitsu with Director Nomura. Now there were uh, just I'll give a brief pause after this because uh, if you've not played Kingdom Hearts 3, there may be some spoiler elements in there. So there's really no way to talk about this without there being a chance of a spoiler somewhere in there so if you don't want to hear it uh fast forward for a second <laughs> uh, there is not a limit cut ultimate class fight scene in the trailer the trailer doesn't have any limit cut scenes the trailer is made up of the elements included in the additional scenario Sora's Oathkeeper Keyblade and New Form will be released as free downloadable content at the same time as Remind add-on releases for limit cut bosses, we're aiming for around the same amount as was found in Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix. There is an additional scenario, limit cut episode and bosses, and even secret episode and bosses. They cannot say a release date yet, but they want to put it out as soon as they can. And uh, he says, quote, I don't want to release it close to FF7 Remake. And that, of course, is out March 3rd. 
This is supposed to come out in the winter, so they probably want to get this out before Christmas if I had to had to guess. It says you can choose to play as Roxas and the others by progressing through the additional scenarios similar to Riku and Aqua. The additional scenario is standalone and can be played after clearing the main story. So yeah, I don't really think you know I read that about spoilers, but I don't really think there's too much too much there that would <laughs> that really be too big of a spoiler. Now this next story is very encouraging because uh, we talked about Trail of the Cold Steel 3 coming out in September, but there, there was a trailer for it, and that was about it. So some awesome person uh, named Pascal got to play, um, actually got to play Trails of Cold Steel 3, kind of in a corner somewhere, maybe a dark corner of E3, and um, I'll be fair, I don't know if that's a he or a she, so um, they were able to come away with some impressions. Um, There has been some improvements, and I guess if you've seen the Japanese version of the game, you already know about this, but I've been trying to to not do that myself, so um, in terms of actual gameplay of course there's going to be some story stuff going down but um in combat in particular a welcome change is the fact that the rotating battle menu has been replaced by a new system of maps commands to the face buttons and d-pad think a la persona 5 this will give instant access to eight possible commands for each character so basically you take the eight things off of the wheel from two, maybe you add your uh, S craft to it, um, or your uh, link attacks. You know those type of things. Um, we'll have all the same function as before. Characters can now uh, equip two master courses, meaning even more potential bonuses than before. There are now brave orders; they can be issued to the whole squad to generate particularly positive effects. And the new break system helps bring down larger enemies by increasing the damage. Um, that he takes. Uh, although Rain was the only one that, that appeared during the demo, other characters will uh, pop in from time to time with this new Class 7. Um, and that's about it. But I did think that was interesting that they uh, they done away with that and made it a little bit quicker. That was one thing. Sometimes you could uh, lose yourself in that wheel and have to kind of spin it all the way back around in order to get where you're were uh, <laughs> were wanting to get to, it could be annoying at times. So I had a a funny Trails of Cold Steel two story to convey to you guys. Um, I was playing along the other night, and uh, you still have your uh, missions to go on as you're as you're progressing through this game. And one of them was to you know, in typical fashion, eliminate the giant monster out in the countryside so uh, we go up to it and it is one of the one of the large ape characters that you saw kind of in the Lunara Nature Park from part one it would pop up from time to time but this was like it's King Kong you know brethren big big guy and um, at this point in the story your HP is around 10,000 his HP is around 120,000 give or take so I go up to him and usually the best strategy with 
with these big bosses is you want to what's called spam your S crafts. So you have them as strong as possible. You hit all four back to back. Uh, you definitely hit your break and try to do as much damage as possible. Um, you always want to use Reen's, you know, arc slash to try to delay his attacks if possible. So I go run into it and uh, hit him with everything I got, right? And trying to hit him. Uh, I've got Sharon in my party now. She can do some delay attacks. Uh, Laura has one that can do like text, but like nothing is working, right? You know, just because it has a chance to delay their attack does not mean it's going to happen. So I hit it pretty hard, and let's say I got him down to like 20,000 HP, right? So pretty close. And Giant Abe just says, ha ha, that's nice, uh huh. And uh, he has a particularly uh, annoying feature that. Uh, he can kind of pump himself up and regenerate about 15,000 HP, uh, attack up, defense up, and speed up. So he does this, and then he gets to attack again. And basically went from him almost dying to wiping out my party in a, in a matter of seconds. <laughs> and, of course, you can retry. And so I did, and I might have got like 10,000 off of him before he did his little thing and uh, got back to full health and ended up using an item to retreat because obviously something was not was not working. The, the game is, I love this game, but it is uh, it can definitely wipe you out in a matter of seconds if you're not careful. I decided to go ahead and uh, go on to the uh, uh, next little area and try to level up a little bit. And even in in that one, uh, I needed. I got to the end and knew the boss fight was upcoming, so I went back because I could fight. You know, you, you get to a point, you look at your experience, you're like, yeah, I can fight like one or two more fights, and I can level up uh, uh, to the next level. And that that can't, you know, that doesn't hurt you any. So did that and was facing like three just normal uh, reindeer type, uh, ice ranger type characters. And, uh, the game definitely does not want you to let the enemies attack. So just in a normal, uh, everyday fight, I let them attack. All three of them attacked and back to back to back. Right. And two of my per characters were dead and the other two were at critical health just from a normal enemies, normal attacks. They, uh, they can change things very quickly. So long story short, I leveled up in there, went back and and uh and wiped the floor with the uh with the giant ape and uh it was just uh, you know the, these stories are what make JRPGs so fun that uh no matter you know how tough things get, you can just go level up for a while, take a slightly different strategy to it and uh and you can overcome those, but needless to say, loving Trails of Cold Steel 2, cannot wait for part three and we won't have to wait very much longer gotta talk about final fantasy 7 remake of course uh this every week we, we we talk about it it seems more and more um there were two bits of information that came out post e3 and uh this one was an interview with uh producer yoshinero kasai and i don't want to read the entire interview but 
One thing he said that was very interesting to me, he says a lot changed since the release of the original. Uh, back then, we didn't have voice acting, performance, and motion capture, up-close cameras, outside of cutscenes. Uh, with the remake, there is a greater emphasis on character storytelling through the use of these techniques as well as other tech. This allows us to make characters more expressive than ever, enhancing the levels of immersion and enjoyment uh, through their performance. Of course, they can use voice acting for the first time. Uh, for gameplay, they aim to create a new take on classic concepts with the accessible evolution of the ATB system, giving you greater action with tactical control. Uh, he says, yes, finally we have materia. You can use it to tailor your playstyle and ability. So that was, I thought that was pretty interesting. That was a much longer uh, interview uh, than that, but it kind of doesn't tell us anything that we didn't know. But what we didn't know <laughs> got talked about in the uh, latest issue of Wiki Famitsu with uh, remake director Tetsura Nomura. And one thing you noticed, uh, the one scene where uh, Aerith grabs Cloud and that black mist surrounds them. And, you know, you kind of see that and it gets, then you forget about it because there's so much going on in the trailer. Obviously, you don't remember black mist from Final Fantasy VII. Well, that's, that's new. And in fact, it is. Um, that is called the Wa the Watchmen of Fate, aka the Black Mist in the trailer. These are mysterious beings that appear before the bar the party wherever they go. I hope that even those who have played the original game will enjoy the new elements. So stop the train right there, right? There's new elements in this. Now we knew they were going to expand on the story, that they were going to tell things we didn't know. This is something that they have made completely new. This is not in the Final Fantasy VII canon fodder story <laughs> anywhere that we know of. This is new. And so maybe there's other new stuff that we don't know about. Not just expanding the story, but completely new. We'll have to wait and see. That's I don't mind that per se. As long as it's done well and it's not, you know, dumb. <laughs> I don't know how else to say that. We'll just have to wait and see. He says there are a bit of dialogue options. We want to make it so dialogue changes depending on your response. So the sheer volume of dialogue has increased. The One of the main things on everybody's mind, um, what are they going to cut? You know, what what can't we do in 2019 that we could do in 1997? And he says the Honeybee Inn cross-dressing event is still in. We made it more modern. If we uh, <laughs> if we made the facility like we did in the original game, the physical unease would be staggering. So that was no good. That's his words. I, I love that. It, it, <laughs> you go back and you look at that entire... Uh, 30 minutes to an hour of gameplay, and there's no way. I don't, you, you kind of look back and wonder how they even got it in it in the first place. There was some questionable things, to say the least. He said, there are quite a bit of additions to the scenario. While the main story itself hasn't changed, there are a countless number of new events. He says, <laughs> quote, otherwise we wouldn't have two Blu-ray discs worth 
of content and he laughs at that point and uh hence like the the watchman of fate maybe there's uh, some other stuff and this was an interesting thing he says he says uh Aerith and tiffa are double heroines one has a western style Aerith, and the other has an eastern style look tiffa we will um see if that uh how that carries over um you'd have to assume that these are the only two that have this dual uh, double heroin thing. Well, let's see. She says, he says, we wanted Tiffa to have abs. So she has an athletic body type. Now the ethics department at square Enix also told us that they had to, his words, I'm not, I'm not saying this. They had, they had to tighten her chest as a, not to get an, un, as not to get unnatural during all the intense action. He says from there, we got the black and uh, fitted tank top. Um, Okay, that they they addressed it. Um, all the fanboys scream at the same time. And traditionalists, you know, that's what that's what they had to do. Okay, and Tiffa looks amazing. There's no there's no need to to whine about it. The game's gonna be awesome. I'm I'm definitely gonna be using her in combat. She looks like she's gonna be a blast to fight people with. So he says, with an emphasis on immersion and exhilaration, you can fight without stress using the use of shortcuts when you open the command menu time slows and you can fight like a like a command battle each playable character has different enemy affinities an item is required for mp recovery so that means i guess it will not just um, recover slowly over time for the sake of level design we're preparing a few new enemies where necessary that's interesting as well we'll see if they are that would be kind of cool if they did add some uh, classic or uh, new classic enemies to the mix. Um, we'll just have to see how that kind of works out. But yeah, a lot of a lot of information keeps trickling in about Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I'm guessing that it continue will continue to do that. Uh, I did ask the Facebook page the other day what what game not called Final Fantasy Seven Remake are you most looking forward to that uh, was at E3 this year, um, and it was split evenly. Um, half the people were looking forward to most was Tales of the Arise. The other half, it was Final Fantasy VIII uh, Remaster. I guess they're going to call that. So interesting. Interesting stuff indeed. Um, a few games didn't uh, make it to E3 this year, and one of those was uh, Project Sakura Wars or Sakura Wars, how are you, how are you pronounce it? Um, they are going to have an official broadcast on um, June the twenty sixth at uh, twenty twenty hundred to twenty one thirty. Japan Central Time Hours. That'll be on YouTube and Periscope. The live stream will feature various information related to Project Sakura Wars and the Sakura Wars series, including many new details in the first live gameplay of Project uh, Sakura Wars. This game is supposed to come out for PS4 in winter, uh, this winter in Japan, and spring 2020 in North America and Europe. So 
I guess they just weren't quite ready for a reveal at E3. Or, perhaps smartly, did not want the title to get completely lost in all this shuffle of E3. And therefore, they're going to have their own little uh, live stream. And that's June 26th at uh, 20... uh, What is that? 8 o'clock? Yeah. 8 o'clock Japan Central Time to 9.30 at night. Japan Central. So if you're looking forward to that one... And your Japanese is up to up to snuff. You can check that out. Um, did want to talk just briefly about a couple games that were not at E3, or if they were, I didn't. I didn't see them, and uh, maybe they got lost in the shuffle somewhere. Um, I was thinking that we would get some information about Town. Um, we didn't see anything. Maybe that's something that we get at uh, Tokyo Game Show, but they're, uh, those people are, are working pretty hard on Pokemon uh, Sword and Shield, so I'm guessing that town is going to be put back kind of, you know, on the back burner for a little while, and I don't think it's coming out anytime soon. Um, I thought we might see something about that uh, Star Ocean 1 remaster that's coming out, remake, however you want to say it. That was not... That was not shown in any form either. Uh, well, you know, what are you going to do? Maybe maybe Tokyo as well. Um, we did see something about Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. And I think that's why we didn't see anything about Relink. As Versus is, is kind of set to come out here very soon. And uh, Relink is, is still a ways away. Again, that might also be a very good thing. Uh to show off at Tokyo. You know, you got to keep in mind these, not everybody's looking at these things the same way that, uh, they think that it's a worthwhile, uh, endeavor to come out at E3 and maybe, uh, side games didn't see the need to do that as well. It would have been really nice to see something, how the game's coming along, but we didn't. And a game that I am uh, not personally invested in and looking forward to, but a lot of people, uh, probably are uh, Shimigami Tensu Five for the Switch. I think that game is in some trouble. Um, we learned about it quite a while ago and have seen nothing. Now maybe you know, come Tokyo game show that that all gets uh, fixed, but I don't. I'm not seeing it. This game is is somewhere stuck in a, a development dark room and. Uh, May not be coming out for a while. We'll just have to wait and see. Of course, there was tons of other games that I'm sure I didn't uh, really see anything about. Oh, we didn't see anything about the new uh, Atelier game, uh, Rise of either. But that just got kind of announced. And uh, I didn't think that we necessarily uh, would see anything about it. Uh, didn't hear anything about any new uh, Xenoblade uh, Chronicles 3 or X2 or anything like that. Um, maybe, maybe next time, uh, you know, the next game is in development somewhere, so it'll, it'll be coming for, I don't think that's coming out for switch. I think that's a game that's probably a little bit further away and will be coming out for the, uh, for the next, um, next series of, of games. But I think we've rambled on long enough. Let's, uh, let's wrap up this, uh, episode, uh, 65 
of the JRPG Report. My name is Ben James Fisher. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, along with us this week. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Uh, give us a thumbs up and subscribe on YouTube for almost everyday live streams of uh, great JRPG titles. Um, don't forget we're taking listener support, so head over to the Anchor app and you can and do that there as well. Uh, we will sign off for now. Guys, get back out there. And until next time, level up. <laughs>